Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. Well, we want to make no mistake to let you know why we're here and we're gathered here this evening. While we had an incredible 2.30 service and a packed 4 o'clock service and pretty good crowd right here for this evening uh, that you've come, I, we're here beyond just singing some wonderful Christmas songs. Appreciate our team and they're, they're leading us. Uh, it's beyond just cookies. It's beyond, I've, I've had a few of those cookies this afternoon back there. It's beyond just we're here or will be uh, experiencing maybe some, some food. Maybe after you're going to have some dinner uh, and maybe possibly opening some, some gifts. In fact, you're here this evening. Um, well, let's just say you want to be here. There's, and then there's others of you that were kind of like bribed to be here because you get to experience more Christmas if you come to this first. So there's a variety of reasons maybe why you're here, but there's one main reason why we've gathered here this evening to celebrate this Christmas, and it's right here. It's all about a baby, all about a baby. You know, a baby, as some say, changes everything. If you have had a baby, I know some friends that just had a baby, their life has completely changed. In so many wonderful ways. They're a little tired, but they're in so many wonderful ways. There's something wonderful and amazing about a baby because there's all this, this waiting. There's all this anticipation and there's, there's all this, this, uh, this, this pain and this labor and this agony. At least I'm told that's the case. Finally, for this child to be born and this bundle of joy to have is, is really, really amazing. But we're here tonight to celebrate the baby, the reason for the season we're here as we gather the birth of Christ Jesus our Lord. We're here for that, for that reason. But have you ever thought, have you ever really kind of took some time to think about as we celebrate Christmas every year, why a baby? Why did God choose to do in the method in which he did to deliver us from our sin and to experience salvation? Why a baby? Don't you think there could have been some other reasons, ways to go about it? But I want you to think with me, maybe why, why, why a baby? And just, just imagine with me, and just it, it might stretch you. This isn't like in the Bible, so you know you're going to probably be worried that I said that or you know, outside of what the Bible says. But let's just broaden it just a little bit. Imagine with me the headquarters of heaven. I want you to think about this and where there was a board meeting that was, was put together and it was, it was the, it was the big three. I mean, it was the, it was the director meeting. It was God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. And they said, we've got to have a board meeting. We've got to do something here. So God, the father, you know, brings them together, say, guys, there's something that needs to happen. needs to change. We, because we've got a problem. We've got a really big problem. Well, what's the problem? We got a problem with the people. The people are the problem. We, we offered something so wonderful to, to them. It, it, was, it was called free will. It was, it was their choice. And we're, the choice was for them to 
love us and to be with us. And they blew it. They, they blew it big time. And what we're finding is, and of course it wasn't a surprise to us, all this happening, but what was happening is, and I could, you, know, you go with me kind of picturing the, the God, the father, he whips out the whiteboard pen and goes to the board and says, this is what's going on, is they're trying to get to us. They're trying to do all kinds of things. And, and really, some of them are, are doing it with great hearts, or, but, but they're trying to do rituals and sacrifices and everything, trying to get to us, and they're falling short of it. Well, what do we need to do? Now, I don't. God in his infinite wisdom, I don't know if he had to think about it too much, what needed to be done. But what was proposed was this, was that, that instead of them getting to us, what about us, go with me on this, us get to them? What if we came to them? That moment, that big moment happened. They said, that's what we need to do. Well, guess what? God the Son said this. He says, I'll do it. I'll be the one. I will go to them. Well, how is he going to do that? How is we go about it? What if this? Now, what would be so relatable? What would be something that would be so like tangible and they would understand of our love. They would understand why we love them and how could we display this to them? What could that be? How do we go about this? Well, what if we became human ourselves? Yeah, let's go far back. Well, how, how far do we, how do we go about this? Let's go back to the very beginning, the very moment. In fact, the very point of life. Let's go all the way back to conception. Now it's got to be immaculate, okay? We don't want to mess this up. It has, it, it, there can't be any flaws in this because what we have to do and what needs to be accomplished. Well, how are we going to go about this? Well, we're going to need to find a, a mom. We're going to need a, someone to be able to carry us in them. Well, what do, what do we look for? Well, we're going to need to find a, a young woman and one that would, that really is, we would, I mean, she needs to be highly favored. Okay. You know what I'm saying? She needs to be one that we can, she loves us already and desires to devote her life. And then, but we're going to need an earthly father. Someone's going to have to kind of step in as the stepdad. Well, where are we going to look? Where are we going to, we're going to, we're going to turn to? Well, I don't know if there's profiles in heaven. They're looking. No, no way. There's no way. Those people. How about, that's it. That's them. Mary and Joe from Nazareth. And what's so awesome about them is they're from our chosen country, Israel. That's the couple. They're engaged to be married. Well, should we wait until they're married to have the shot? No, let's complicate it even more. Let's have, let's have them her pregnant before. I mean, it's going to be kind of crazy, but that's what we're, we're going to do. And so this plan came together. And, and so they begin to form it and they're going to say, okay. And then finally that the father, as they're getting ready to do this, he, he turns to the son and says, you know, son, listen, do you realize what you're committing yourself to? 
That you're going to raise this, you're going to be raised by this, this couple, this incredibly human couple. And they're not going to be, they're not going to be like, you know, powerful people. I mean, we could choose like, you know, a, a, a princess and a prince and they could be part. No, we want to be relatable to all a massive group of people. So they're going to actually, you're going to be raised poor. You're going to be raised by peasants. You're going to show everyone how small, humble beginnings can do great works. And so you're going to be raised by them. They're common and ordinary. But even when you're born, you need to realize this. You're going to be on the run. Because when you were born, guess what's going to happen? It's going to be in the time of the, the Roman Empire. And we're, going to, we're picking during the time of the Roman Empire because of this. All of history, we were waiting for these roads to be built. And these Roman roads can reach out and they can spread the message of, our, our, of this, this plan of salvation to all, all throughout the globe. And so this is a timing. But you realize during this time, there's some crazy leaders in charge. There's one guy named Herod, and he's an egomaniac. And when he finds out another king is born, he's going to try to kill all the little boys under the age of two. And so your family is going to have to flee, and you're going to feel like all the other refugees in history, but you're going to have to go. But you're going to come back, and you're going to move back into the hometown, and you're going to grow up, and you're going to grow up as a normal kid. Well, with the power of the Godhead with you. So you have to be careful. You, you, you could be tempted to use it, but don't. When mom says, take a bath, don't try to part the waters. When you, when you, you, of course you can hit a home run every time, but don't do that. Uh, you, you could, you, you're going to get, you're going to try to get picked first, but be last. The first shall be last. The last shall be first. Uh, you're going to be served Brussels sprouts. No kid in the world loves Brussels sprouts. You're not going to like Brussels sprouts. Don't try to turn them into fudge brownies. Okay. Uh, so, and, and, and only food that you can turn into is what your mom says to turn into. And if it's, if you turn into, you know, she says to turn water into wine, go ahead and do that. Uh, Christians are going to debate whether that was alcoholic or not for years to come. <laughs> There's pressures and temptations that, that you're going to, you're going to feel, but you got to focus on the mission, this powerful force that we have. And it's this power of love. And it's the love that will be motivating the, the, to all on the mission that we need to accomplish. The blind will see, the, the paralyzed will walk, people who are deaf will hear, and even people, even people will come back from the dead. And here's something crazy about the mission is this, is the mission that we're going to do is this, and as much as it's about love, not everybody's going to like it. In fact, people are going to hate your mission of love. Even your hometown, people are not going to like it, and especially like, and especially the religious people, they're going to hate it and they're going to hate you. And they're going to try to do all they can to take you off your game. But you, and we have a mission of love and they don't understand that. They think it's duty. They don't recognize the motive behind it all. And they're going to accuse you of being a hypocrite, a drunk, a lunatic, even dangerous. And they're going to say, you're an enemy of us, but we need to show them that our love is what compels us. To love those who are not very lovable. To love the leper, to love the prostitute, to love the outcast. And speaking of outcasts, you're going to have groups of outcasts that you're going to be, uh, they're going to be a part of all that's going to be accomplished. In fact, you're going to gather a few Middle Eastern rednecks called your disciples, and they're going to be ordinary guys, ordinary dudes that I'm going to do, and we're going to do great things through and you're going to use them to show the world that God could use anybody. 
But you need to warn them that as they sign up to follow you, there's going to be a cost. As the world hates you, they're going to, you're going to, they're going to be hated as well. And so they're going to follow you, but they're going to fall short as well. And they're going to fall away ultimately. But we got to keep the message of love. It's love that was what compels us. And it's love that's what's going to cause uh, you to lay down your life on a wooden cross. How ironic, raised as a carpenter by your stepdad, that you're going to be working with wood and that you're going to be laid down on wood. But you're going to be raised up almost like a, like a, a bridge between us and them. You're going to be the connection point for them to get to us and us to get to them. You'll be tortured, you'll be beaten, you'll be nailed, and you'll be put to death. You're, you're the, you'll be nailed. What will be nailed is, is their sin because sin is what's needed to be taken care of through your sacrifice and all for love. It'll be brutal. And it's not very Christmassy to talk about it, but it, you are going to be born to die. That's your mission is to ultimately die, but you're not going to be dead long. You're going to be raised up Three days later, you're literally going to go from uh, go to from hell and back, and you're going to rise again. And people are going to then look to you as the the life, the 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 eternal life, the 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 resurrected life that they can have in you, and you will save the people. In fact, your name, Jesus, you'll be called, and it means the Lord or God saves. And under that name, the only name that people can find salvation. And there's no other way. There's no other name. There's no other uh, plan. This is the plan because you are the way and the truth and the life to them. That's the game plan. Let's put to action. Okay, well, what's next? What do we got to do? Well, you need to understand for this to come to place, it won't happen in Mary and Joe's hometown. It will be what the prophet Micah predicted. It will happen in a little town called Bethlehem. In fact, probably outside of that, because it won't be a normal birthing center. It won't be a hospital. How about this? What if you are going to be born in a stable, in a barn, specifically a cave where they kept animals? You can't get any lower than that. We want to show the people that we are with them and we can relate with them from the lowest of beginnings. But you will be born there. And who will spread the news? It's going to be some outcast, dirty, smelly shepherds are going to come and they're going to visit. They're going to see a star and they're going to visit. And they are going to spread the word to everyone. Well, they said, let's make that happened. And the Bible records historically what took place in the book of Luke. This is the story of Christmas. That night, some shepherds were in the fields near, nearby watching their sheep, and an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord was shining around them. They became very frightened. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that there will be a great joy to all people. Today, your Savior was born in the town of David. He is Christ the Lord. This is how you'll, you'll know him. You'll find a baby wrapped in pieces of cloth and lying in a feeding box. There are a very large group of angels from heaven joined the first angel, praising God and saying, glory 
uh, give glory to God in heaven and all earth. Let them be peace among the people who please God. And when the angel left them, they went back to heaven. The shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So the shepherds went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who were lying in a feeding trough. When they had seen him, they told what the angels had said about the child. Everyone was amazed by what the shepherds said to him. But Mary treasured these things and continued to think about them. Then the, then the shepherds went back to their sheep, praising God and thanking him for everything they have seen and heard. It had been just as the angel had told him. Think about this. From heaven's conference room to our hearts, the message was delivered. And what was accomplished was the fact that Christ was born. We celebrate, and I hope you understand why we celebrate a baby, a baby that was born, a baby that we can all relate with. Why? Because we all been a baby at one point, right? Some of us are, we're bigger babies than other babies, but we're babies, right? At some point we grew up, God understands, God knows what we're going through. We started at the very beginning. It was all part of his plan. The simple goal, the reason, the motivation was compelled by love. And it was prophesied though, hundreds of years before in the prophet Isaiah of what you could sum up all of what Christmas is about and something that we've been celebrating here for these last few weeks at Christ the King. It's this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. I tell you, those words are about us. They're heavier than the whole earth of what God accomplished and what God did. And what happened is this, and it's historical evidence is this, and it's proven, and it was in, and, the, and through through what is recorded and the witnesses that eyewitnesses of what took place is this, is that God came to be with us in the person of Jesus Christ. God, the son came. Emmanuel truly means, you know what truly means is this. It means that, that Jesus is God with us. Jesus is, think about this, God with us. The creator of the universe decided the way the plan that needed to go was to be a baby, a baby. The simplest, most vulnerable thing you could ever be to relate with is to show us. It's the true direct meaning of Christmas. This same baby, you know who this baby is? The Bible says this about the baby for everything, absolutely everything above, below, visible, invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came in existence and holds it all together right at this very moment. In a baby, Jesus Christ is God. See, nothing about Christianity has, has meaning without Jesus being God. Jesus can't be our, our, totally our savior is not totally God. Only God can forgive sins and only God can save souls. God came near through the person of Jesus Christ. I love what it says in John. I love these words. It's so practical about who Jesus is to us. The, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. 
We saw the glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Jesus is God in the flesh. Now, if you're here this evening and you have a little bit of doubt that Jesus is God, now, you, you might be here and you go, you know, I, I believe that, you know, he's a historical figure. There's, there's lots of history to prove that. And, 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 and I, I believe he was a prophet. I believe he was a good person. There's a lot of things I believe, but I, I struggle at times. I struggle a little bit to believe that Jesus is God. I want you to think about this, about the, the proof of who Jesus really is and was on this earth. Think about this. His disciples, his 12, they spent three years with him but they didn't just like punch a time card and went back home. They spent years with him. They lived with them. They ate with them. They traveled with them. They knew it. If, if anybody, if you want to know somebody, just live with them. <laughs> just spend some time with them. You're going to find out all their strengths and all your weaknesses probably pretty quickly. Now think about this. If these guys, after three years, after three years and all the time they're with him and all they saw what he did and they saw him in, when he was performing, when he was in the backstage, when he was on his own, when he was in front of people, when they're by themselves, all these moments, if there was any kind of imperfections about Jesus, if there was anything that you would think, well, that's not quite right, if there's any question of his integrity, if there's any moment they had, you know, he wasn't quite as perfect as he claimed to be, guess what? They would know, right? But you know what's amazing is? Even one of the greatest doubters, which had been labeled as, as a doubter, is Thomas. Thomas was one of the disciples who didn't know that Jesus, he was told that Jesus rose from the dead. He finally needed to go and see proof for himself. And so he went and, and he said, I, unless I see the, the nails and scars in his hands and a feet, I, I, I won't believe. And Jesus appeared to him and showed him, look, my hands and look, my feet. You know what Thomas did? After all these years and all the disciples that, that saw him and knew him and were with him and that he rose from the dead, his words were this, my Lord and my God. Make no mistake, Jesus is God with us. But more than that is this, that Jesus is God with us. Jesus is God with us us. We can miss how powerful it is that this great God of the universe had put himself in the form of witness. I don't know if that's a word, but it's powerful to know that Jesus came to this earth. God came, you know, before in terrifying ways. He came in blazing fire and massive cloud and storms. But Jesus, the most effective way that God came through the form of Christ was a baby. Coming as a baby, how ironic that would be, the most vulnerable and open you can be. But it's this, that God went to the greatest lengths to reach us. It was that plan, whether it was designed this way in a boardroom in heaven, we're saying there's no way we can get, they can get to us. We've got to come to them. And this is the plan that must work. They went to the extreme lengths. And we need to understand this witness is that he knows exactly what we're going through in our lives. He once was just like us, born as a baby. Guess what? Little Jesus grew up into, um, 
Uh, an elementary Jesus, <laughs> a middle school Jesus, a young adult Jesus, okay? He grew up through this life. He knows what childhood feels like. He knows what happiness and joy feels like. He knows what, he knows what it feels like to have parents. He knows what it's like to have birthday parties. He knows what it's like to, to go to school and to make friends. And maybe people didn't always like him at times was, and, and the friendships. Who knows? He even went through puberty. Jesus had pimples. Really? Yeah, probably. He knows what it's like to go through and probably even the loss of a loved one. Very close. After you have, there's nowhere to record that, that Joseph was alive after Jesus turned 12. The loss that he probably experienced with that. But on top of it all, the, the pain and the betrayal and the suffering that he went through, he knew what death felt like because he died already. He already knew. And this amazing promise that he gives us now and all that was accomplished is that he is with us. Well, what does that mean for you and I here in 2018? Is this, that God, God is with us in everything that we're going through and every difficulty and everything that we're facing. He's with us when we get that phone call that we dread the phone call that we get. It was from the school or the hospital or the doctor. He, he knows what it feels like. He knows what it's like on the other end and understands with us. He's there with us, with this promise of all that he accomplished. He's with us in the moment we hear being laid off. He's with us in the emergency room. He's with us in the ICU. He's with us at the gravesite. He's with us when the, the person we thought that loved us says, I don't love you anymore. I want out of this relationship. I want out of this marriage. He knows what it feels like is to be with us in the moment when all our world is cra crashing down and caving in all around us. He knows he is with us. He is. Jesus is God with us. Jesus is God with us. But know this, finally. Jesus is God with us. Us. You and I. Us. Think about that. Really? Some of us can doubt that a little bit because we get this in mindset that Jesus is for someone else, that Jesus is for the religious, Jesus is for the super, super spiritual people. You know, this is the irony of the whole thing. Jesus actually isn't for those people. You're like, oh, that's kind of mean. No, because those people don't really feel like they need Jesus. Super religious people, super, people that got it all figured out don't need any help, do they? And yet... The with us is, is us, the ones that are willing. In fact, it, it, you could put it this way. It's the whosoever's. The whosoever's is us. You might have, you might have if any scripture you know, if you're new to church, haven't been around for a while, you probably know this one. You've probably seen the, the sign in a football game, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And it says this, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever, whosoever, the whosoever is us. We're the ones who have the opportunity to turn to him. And it's our willingness to accept this invitation to believe and to receive Jesus, this gift of grace, this greatest gift ever given. See, the Trinity did everything. Whether it was all designed in a whiteboard and the headquarters of heaven, probably not the way we think of it, but all their design, the plan came together. <laughs> it was accomplished. What they had mapped out took place. The baby was born. And the, and the, 
and then grew up and died and then rose from the dead. The savior was, and the work of, of, the, of, of, of salvation was accomplished from the cradle to the cross, to the resurrection, to ascending to heaven. All of it's been done. It's fulfilled. Bingo. It's, it's, it's complete. Everything has been, it is finished. Except for one thing. Here's the kicker and all. This is the kicker. Heaven did everything to be with us, but there's, there's something that's lacking. It's us to choose him. It's us to choose him. The choice is, is you and me. The us is us choosing, us willing to say we want Jesus. We want him to be the way, the truth, and the life in our lives. We want him to be the resurrection life. We want him. And, I, and, and the wanting, I think it comes in, in two forms. So if you're here and you're wondering, how, how can it be one of the us is this, to believe and receive? I think a couple of things that have to happen. First of all, you got, there's, there's a humbling that takes place. And if you haven't been humbled yet, you will be humbled, right? But there's a humbling that takes place. And it's willing us to let go of our pride, let go of anything that's holding us back to, to bow our knee at the cradle that leads to the cross. But the other thing that is so important factor involved in this is a hunger. That there's something and there's a desire within us to change, to experience the fact and knowing this in our place of exhaustion, that we're trying to figure out life and do what we need to do to get to where we need to go. When we fall short of that, to realize this, when we're at a place of emptiness and we're in a place of we can't deal with our pain, and we're in a place where we can't get any further in what we're doing and we don't know what to do, it's that place of going, God, I need you. I need your help. And at that moment, there's a hunger enough to say, Yes, I want you to be in me and to change me from the inside out. There's, there's some humbling and there's some hunger and there's some, there's some desire to be the us in God with us. To experience that personally. And I know I have experienced it personally already. I'm gonna invite our team to come as we, we close here on our final song together. And as they're getting ready can I just share something personal with you for a moment? Uh, some of you know me, some of you don't know me, but I've been a follower of Jesus for about 30 years. And I was reflecting upon that with a friend the other day. We, we caught up just kind of before Christmas and a high school friend that we had co- I had coffee with. And you know, you haven't been with a person for a while and you exchange, hey, what's going on currently? And my friend Tony went way back and reflected back 30 years ago, 30 years ago at a retreat in a youth group. He goes, Dan, I was there. I was there. I was a witness to transformation in your life. I remember. I remember that moment. And he had shared with me this is that he grew up in church and, you know, and he goes, I, I guess I was probably a Christian since I was three. That's all I know. But I really wasn't as convinced that the place I need to convince a teenager that this is real until I saw your life. And we had some other friends as well that were transformed by the power of Jesus. At a moment where he says it wasn't, it wasn't just that night as much as that was a, a transformational night. I mean, here's a friend that witnessed me in the very room to receive Christ. Because I remember that moment. But what was more than just that moment and that evening was the transformation that continued on in your life. 
and the friendship, and I was so appreciative of Tony and his friendship and others that encouraged me and built communion around me that, to follow Jesus. And I was able to express that to him and thank him. But he saw this progression take place. And what he was seeing was this, that God was within me. He wasn't just with us, that God through his spirit is the fact is this, that God can be in us and transform us from the inside out. See, 30 years ago, what I experienced is that Christ the Lord, the, the, the good news of great joy, the Savior has been born in me. And I want to tell you that it can be for you as well. It, it can be you for you, for you as well, that you can experience the, the transformation of all that God has accomplished already. Like I said, the work has been done. It's all been accomplished from the cradle to the cross to the resurrection to the ascension. It's all been accomplished. And so now it's, it's a choosing that whosoever, whosoever in this afternoon and this evening and the services here, is the whosoever you? Is it possibly it's you today, this Christmas season? See, as we gather here in this moment, it's going to change here in a couple minutes. We're going to sing and we're going to go and we're going to eat a couple cookies on the way to get more food. The next place we go, we eat, we go somewhere, we eat again. It's the holiday season. We open gifts and we move on. And then we recover from the holidays and then we start a new fresh year. I, I've been there. I've done it every year. But what if you took this moment before all that happened? Say, wait, wait, here's a holy moment. This is a moment for you right now that you would take advantage and I would take advantage of it. And I have this last question and this question is for all of us as we pray. It's this. It's this. What are you doing with, with him this Christmas? What are you doing with him this Christmas? If you not receive Christ, say yes to him. Say, Jesus, come in, transform me. I want you to be with me. I want you to come and live in me. I ask for you to forgive me my sins and cleanse me and make me new. I want to be transformed by your power and, and God, that you would be with me in, in whatever I'm going through, through this season in 2018, that God, you would do that work in me. That might be you tonight, make that change. But I have a feeling there's a lot of you who've already made that decision. You're like, did that. Wait a second. What if you just stop for a moment and go, is he really with us and with us in Christmas? Is he truly a part? Could this be a, a holy moment for you before we close? Say, God, I, I recommit myself. I, 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 I push away all the clutter and all the, all the stuff that's going on. And Lord, I, I choose, I choose once again to dwell on you and reflect upon that you are with me. And I don't need anything else. There's not anything under the tree. There's nothing, any, anything delivered by the, the brown truck that comes, comes to my house. There's nothing, Lord, I need this Christmas but you. Lord, I humble myself and I'm hungry. Lord, I'm hungry for you. We bow with me in prayer. As you take this moment today, take advantage of it. This is a holy moment. The Bible says when, when we gather like this, the, the, the Holy Spirit is here. Because the, 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 the wonderful promise of all that was accomplished through Christmas and through the Easter and the resurrection is this, that, 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 that Jesus went to heaven and he sent his spirit to come and, and to dwell not just with us, but in us. So he's here and he's dwelling, he's, he's moving within our, 
our, our place that we've gathered here and he wants to move in your heart. And so I encourage you right now just to reach out to him. And if you don't know Christ, to say, Jesus, yes. Yes, Lord, I receive you. I want you to be the Christ of my Christmas. I want you to transform me from the inside out. I receive you as the Lord and Savior this very day. For those of you that that are here and, and you're saying there's a distance from God, know this, that God didn't distance himself from you. It's the other way around. It's just a simple prayer. Jesus, I lay down my pride. Lord, I even lay down my shame, Lord. I don't, of all that I've done, Lord, God, you, you came to forgive my sin, Lord. And there's nothing that I could do to earn it, Lord. You did it all. And I just receive you. I receive your, your forgiveness today. Cleanse me, renew me this Christmas season and into this new year. God, I, God, I pray specifically for those here. I just sense that they're struggling on a level that some have never experienced in their life. There's been loss. There's been pain. There's been discouragement, Lord. God, will you just come in their life right now? Will you be with them, Lord? Will you, will you surround them with your, your incredible love and your peace and your rest, Lord, that you can give them right now in Jesus' name? That knowing that you are God and that you love them and you are in control of all things in the, in the midst of their life right now that seems so out of control, Lord, that you would bless them. And God, as we, as we go from this place, Lord, we're gonna go eat more and open gifts and do it all over again many ways throughout this next few days, Lord, and all the holiday plans, God. May we not miss you in the midst of it, Lord. May we not miss the simple, simple message and all that we do and all that we try to accomplish that you are the only thing we need. You are enough that you are with us. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen.